0: Welcome to Divers Down. I am Don Carr, your moderately average, friendly dive instructor and guide why we endeavor on this inaugural episode of this entertaining aspect in which we want to talk all things diving. All right? We're going to cover everything from free diving to recreational to even technical scuba and all that's in between. We're going to cover training, news, current events, trends, the science behind th- diving, as well as equipment reviews and emerging uh, equipment technologies. And it's going to be all fun. We're going to do this together, me and you predominantly. Occasionally, we'll have some special guests, and I say that not as in little yellow bus, but you know, just... Their, their, their characters in their own right. So some of them will be pretty regular So and then what we'll try to do is we'll try and get some shakers and movers within the dive industry to come on and have conversations related to projects, events, and trends, news, everything else that's kind of occurring right now. So, like I said before my name is Don Carr and I am a ITDA technical training assessor so what that is is basically I'm a course director candidate okay and things have kind of kept things from happening over here I'm located in the Philippines and traveling in and out is difficult so the course directors classes have not occurred in the region so I'm waiting for that but I'm also a raid IT IT candidate or instructor trainer candidate and for the same reason I can't get an instructor training course in here so I'm still an IT candidate but I am a PADI IDC staff instructor. So I have a lot of experience training both instructors through several agencies, well, single agency, and assisting in the uh, training of instructors in several agencies, as well as your standard open water all the way through technical student. Now, I started diving back in the military, way back when. Yeah, no, 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 not when we were using, you know, the leather, leather suits and bellows to supply air, not that long ago, but, you know, I, I started out in the military, things have evolved even in the military relative, um, I did so because the occupation that I had in the military required me to do that, I think up until then I really never thought of it, you know, from where I was, I was raised in the desert, so it was, you know, a little Diving just wasn't something that that we really thought about growing up, more like baseball, I guess. But once in the military, you know, I got the bug, and I really enjoyed it. You know, um, both as an occupation and as recreation. So back in I want to say it was 2000, I got my dive master, right, and I was still serving in the military at the time. Um, and I uh, was able to complete the dive master and I mean that pretty much you know incurred everything and since then I I went on and got my instructor courses and the reason why I'm with three different agencies will kind of blossom into uh, focus here in some of our conversations in the future you know a lot of it has to do with the marketing power versus standard and the way instruction is conducted in it and that that's just my personal choice and you know I I really like the organizations that I work with and uh, choose to maintain that. So like I said before we'll have uh, guests coming in and out, right? Um, Some of them regular, some of them not too regular, but all of them are hilarious. And uh, very much the typical character of what you would see as both dive instructors and icons in their own way in their their relative niches within the market. Um, We'll also do pool talk. This is just, you know, a BS session of what our opinions and experiences are. And uh, that's just pop a beer time and sit back and let's tell, you know, dive master stories, basically. So that'll be fun. Um, Again a lot of this is going to be our opinions uh, opinions based on experience and please you know it's all relative and subject to argument of course but you know respect those that are coming in and uh, maintain an open mind because again all of these people have have not never had dive accidents and have conducted hundreds of training sessions with Open water students and advanced students, rescue students, as well as, you know, compete in diving, or, you know, many, many, many technical dives from extended range into tri-mix and everything else and all in between. So we have to respect the experience. You know, we don't necessarily have to agree with the opinion, but understand that there's always more than one way to deliver uh, an objective a learning objective so maybe if we st- take a step back and use this as a learning experience with an open mind we can all garner something together and you know hey have some fun while at it right so my coffee cup is half full this is the introduction segment so we're going to take a little bit of a break and move into the second segment of our inaugural episode of Divers Down, and stay tuned. I think you'll like the subject. It's kind of fun. And I like my coffee black, by the way. And it's fun. Okay, full cup of coffee, we are back for segment two of Divers Down. You know, soon we'll have sponsors, and it'll be cool to be able to say, this segment's been brought to you by. So I want to preface this one, right, with the understanding that we are not professional um, podcasts, bloggers or whatever we call this, podcasters, right? And we do not have a studio. So we do this on the outside and, you know, we make our living instructing and diving, not doing podcasts. We just felt that using this as a tool in order to communicate and facilitate training and and disseminate information is something that is really beneficial to for, beneficial for us and beneficial to you so that we can convey, you know, and have fun doing it, right? So, you know, how often this comes out, I don't know. Right now, our goal is once a month. If we can get it to once a week, once we get things snapping, that'll be really cool. But right now, once a month, you know, somewhere around mid-month is probably what we're going to do. So if you hear roosters in the background and all kinds of other stuff, just understand, yeah, we're not pros, man, nah, and uh, we live in the Philippines, so the national bird is, yep, the rooster, that's not true, nah, it's um, the Philippine Eagle, but anyway, so, let's talk about gear, baby, yes, gear, you know, one of the biggest things in Every one of us, if you dive often, you know that you know you have different classifications of divers. Really, you know, on the recreational side, you've got those those that dive three, four times a year. Weekend divers, you know, avid, gotta go get my fix three times a week. Divers, there's even those that can get out there and do it daily, you know. But um, so a lot of us have seen the gamut as far as As gear setups and types. And kind of what I want to discuss right now is appropriate gear setup. Alright. Now I am not adverse to technology and advancement. In fact I promote it. You know. Let's preface this from the get go. We as a sport evolved based on new technologies. That's how we get moving forward. That's how we... We progress in it and it becomes safer, it becomes more cost effective to a certain degree and, you know, more convenient, you know, through the evolution of technology, the, the, uh, uh, the implementation and introduction of new technologies. So you're not going to see me as one of those guys that's going to be like, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't do air-integrated computers and stuff. Because you know what? The technology is moving to where in the not-so-distant future, that's going to be the new standard. All right? A- especially on the recreation. So, but what I want to I- I talk about The amount of gear that we use and gear configurations and why that's kind of important. Alright? So when we talk about gear configuration and, you know our our list, there's a viable concept. The minimalist right that is very appropriate would it, applied to all aspects of diving. Of and diving. we're going to so break it up. We're going to first talk about recreational, and, right. and then we're going to talk about technical. Okay. And in recreational. Recreational, okay. recreational, recreational, you know, we have, you know, this, we have this, habit this habit as, as especially when especially we're, we're, kinda we're kinda in in kind of in that intermediate to advanced stage, right? Right. I was never really, really before I got, you know, I was a dive officer a lot before I got into the, um, know Professional side, professional of side of things. So, so, you know, I, 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 know, got, I, I, I can and, and, uh, of how people, about are, how set people are, set. things, And I always, I always did it. on a boat, boat, boat. My little my boat, gimmick, I've been gimmick. Mine was, mine was, was you know, basically, you know, basically as little as, as possible. Jump in the water, jump in the water, do whatever, do whatever. That's it. That's right. So right. I mean so you know, I mean board you know, shorts, t shirt, t shirt, you know, back plate, V I R V I R, you know, black you know, back plate, black back plate, and, and, and you know, simple you know, simple uh regulator uh, set regulator you're in the bam, bam, water, you're in the that's water. water. That's it. That's no it, no nothing. no no whistles, no whistles. No, no, you look at some of these letters and they gotta buy something they gotta the buy, next it, best thing, and next and best thing, you know, and and they're talking about talking about advanced, advanced redundancy redundancy creation and it becomes almost a borderline borderline hazard here, Right. Right. You know, you don't need a you don't need a lip bag and a lip bag it's real you know, and you know, and you don't need, and you don't, and you don't need. I don't have any. I tools. And you don't need, and you don't need all this, you know, all this other, all this hyperbole hyperbole that goes in, goes with in, with, 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 with. No, not hyperbole. This, not hyperbole. All this other, all this, this other junk, junk kind of goes. That kind of goes on. What you need to what take, you need on, to that dive take dive on that dive is, is is what you need. What you for for the need dive. for the dive, literally, literally. Okay, okay. So, so. Uh, Here's yeah. my. Here's I'm, gonna my I'm gonna give you an example. My Here is my travel. travel. My regulator regulators uh, set as a long hose, on a long hose that's on it. Head. And that's it. I have a. Uh, I have a. Uh, you know. You know. Uh, the uh, air inflating, uh, air inflating and hose. hose. Inflation hose. I have a. Tra- I have a I transmitter for transmitter from my ID4I. Right. Right. And that's it. And that's it. There you go. There you go. Um I um, choose the long I choose hose because we teach in Hogatharian and it's, it's all line. muscle memory like that, like that. it's like that. It's very streaming. And my E C D is a is a X backplate, so back it looks like an, so it X. Looks like an X. X, it's, it's an, long an long X. Aluminum. aluminum, it's all hollowed out. It an and it has an eighteen pound wing. So very small. Very light. Very light. Okay. And it's got Okay. And it's got an air tube. That's my ongo. That's my second. So So everything's very light integrated. Weight pouches. Um, 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 I can get get in and out of the water with it. It's 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 easy. easy. And other than than that, I wear my and if it's a non photography dive, I wear only only my dive dive computer and my DSMB and finger reel reel. goes. I trail that on a D ring. I don't like things on my side. So, and one cutting tool, and I use one of those small little z knives, and that's literally all I take. So it's simple. And um, now, of course, if I'm doing photography, I've got the camera, some systems, um, and uh, one other thing is I do have a small torch or um, flashlight that I put in ranger bands up on my DIR so I do have one lighting device that I use on recreational just in case I want to look under for crevices and look for something but other than that I don't I don't take anything else alright so this is what I'm, I'm trying to tell you is we don't need a lot of things we don't need to overweight and overweighting is actually one of the biggest problems and issues that we see in recreational diving today so taking the time you know, we plan our dives. At least I hope we do. We plan our dives. In that plan, should be our gear configuration and set up. Okay, these are habits that are developed out of tech that are brought in to the way we teach our recreational. Now I say we. Um, that that's with Poseidon Deepwater Outdoors. We're, we are pr- predominantly an ITDA, and we do teach raid and some patty we're not a paddy facility, uh, we're an ITDA dive center, right, we're a RAID dive ce- training facility and we're a RAID dive center and we teach a higher standard relative to streamlining a minimalistic approach and ensuring that you know buoyancy is key and focus along with the golden rule of, you know never hold your breath so you know gear configuration is important at that level teaching it at you know know, new diver level is essential. Uh, We also teach you know I prefer uh, back plates even my recreational setup to my dive and it has to do with muscle memory and configuration. Uh, My instructing uh, regulator set is a Hogatherian with long hose, necklace, SPG back plate 32 pound donut lift donut you know so it's it, it's the standard setup right it kinda like uh, you know we have uh, the zeos x-deep zeos is one that we use predominantly we use, we use a lot of dive right but those configurations keep things everything streamlined you don't want your hoses like your spg needs to be tucked up underneath and tucked tight to the body if you do use an octo Right, and you're not in Hogatherian. That octo has to be tucked up, right? It still needs that quick release, easy access, but it needs to be brought up into that triangle, or even closer to the center of the chest, so that it's not dragging out. You don't allow your octo to drag out, and there's a lot of reasons for that. One, you know, you're you're getting close to the uh, bottom, and it drags into the sand, gets all up in there and gunks up. And it's not could possibly fail when you need it the most. Secondly, you're banging along the coral and the aquatic life. You know, you don't want that. So it's another reason why we like the Hogatherian, because the one in my mouth is my spare, and then I have the necklace for me when I have to swap out. Alright? Now, recreationally it's easy to streamline things and focus on the dive, you don't, you know, if you have a problem and an issue underwater, you need gear that is a one step process and is simplest in its form, right? You don't want something that is complex during an emergency because that critical chain of events will start to compound and a small issue becomes a big issue just because now you're adding difficulty because of the gear that you're using. And Always use something that you're you're very confident in you know dive in the pool with material new gear Then dive in a controlled open water area When you're using new gear gear and then progressively integrated into it. Just don't slap on You know a new bcd and jump in because there's a lot of different trim effects buoyancy effects you know the setup you have muscle memory from your last setup, you know, to the new one. Uh, that's a big thing with people transitioning from jackets to backplates. And that's also why we promote the use of backplates in, in recreational for those that are going tech. Because then you stay in the same setup, your D-rings are the same, everything's, muscle memory's there. That coffee's good. My my wife gave me some pour-over, you know, that, like, Korean-style pour-over. I love me some good coffee. Tech. Now, absolutely, you know, that is the minimalist, uh, the the ultimate minimalist approach. And I know that almost sounds like an oxymoron when you start discussing it, because when we think tech, we think, oh, my gosh. I mean, I've seen pictures of tech divers that are, you know, just piled on with gear, you know, 15 lights and all this, you know, Setting things up correctly, streamlining everything, organizing it, and only taking what you need on that dive. Now, especially in tech, it does, from even from a dive to dive, will change. Because remember, in tech diving, we're uh, mission-orientated. The dive has a purpose. That Going that deep, you don't just do, you know, you don't promote it to do it just to do it. You know, we do that sometimes in training because we have to meet certain standards. But once we're trained up and we're we're diving as a team, that team has an objective and you're diving that objective. So in that plan, gear configuration is essential. Uh, a minimalist approach as well as similarity and, you know, everybody having the same. Not, I'm not talking about... You know, you you don't have to go to the extreme like some organizations where only certain brands are to be used, right? What I'm saying is, if you're going to do it DIR, do DIR configurations, right? And it's a must in Hogatherian, that's just the standard. And making sure that equipment is placed essentially. For instance, you know, all lift bags are in the same place, right? All cutting tools are in the same place. That way when you have to react with somebody or a buddy comes and helps you, they know where to look for gear. That's key. If there's some specialty gear that uh, everybody needs to know where who has it and where it is, you know, uh, lighting, light sourcing, that's another one. Everybody, everybody configures it because not only does it help that you have an open discussion on trim, but you also have an open discussion of where location is when we have to assist each other now most of the time we're diving and planning that dive you know as self-reliant as possible but we need to help each other out in emergencies or in difficulties as well you know if you're doing extended range and you know um the dark monster comes up knocking on the door sometimes you get a little confused and if you see somebody looking around and then you realize oh they're looking for their light and you can help guide them to their light it reduces stress right so other factors in your gear right servicing 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 gear must be maintained it doesn't you know if you guys just think that gear is something that you're going to use do a quick rinse and throw it in the closet and there's no, you know, nothing other than that is occurring on it, you're you're actually setting yourself up for failure. And it is, apt, especially with your regulator sets. Remember, you know, this is life support equipment. We're in an environment that we're not evolution, you know, evolutionarily adapted to. So you know, we're in this realm dependent on the gear that we're using to support our life systems. It's essential that the, that gear gets in there annually. that all batteries are that for things that need batteries, those batteries are, are tested and reviewed before a die, that you know, your regulator sets are done annually. You know, go get it. They need an annual checkup too, <laughs> right? Those O-rings rot out. You know, spe- I'm I'm thinking there's maybe one or two environments uh, in uh, where I'm from in the U.S. Right, that you might be able to push it a little extra than a year. But in most dive environments, between the the weather conditions help compound. You know. The the breakdown of O-rings and everything else. So, you know, that type of maintenance is critical and is essential. So, you know, get your stuff serviced annually. Now, remember, all gear needs to be simple. Alright? Simple. If it's not... There's some things inherently that has complexity. Your computer is one of them, right? But... You know you should have been working with your computer in um dry scenarios and then mock mock dives so that you're efficient in that okay now for me, I dive a cento d four i on the recreational uh, my side mount I have a ratio and that is all air integrated um, on side mount I choose. I trust it enough, the technology enough that I choose that I'm air uh, integrated. I know within the side mount community that's an argument in itself, but I feel that the technology is advanced enough to where it's definitely dependable and the proximity with those transmitters being in the front or near where my um, ratio computer is, I've not had a failure and I'm not worried about it. And then I had two non-air-integrated Shearwaters that I use in my tech, all right, those are the computers that I use, and they vary, now, hands down, the most complicated one is the ratio, and my learning curve on that bad boy, I think there's still some things that I'm learning, like magnetometer and GPS, I haven't even really got into those yet, right, and yeah, they got them, and, uh, you know, so, but I had to Take hours to study the thing and learn it before I even got it in the water to use it. Uh, the same with the shearwater. Now, I had a learning curve. My regular dive buddy, who's also my, one of on my tech team, he is an avid shearwater guy as well. You'll meet him in uh, probably the next segment. Um, he is the one that taught me how to use the Surewater, and he helps me still with it because it, 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 part of his job on the team is all the technology side. So, like updates and stuff like that, he makes sure that everybody on the team has the latest and greatest, and everybody's working with the the updated algorithms, etc. So, and that stuff's important too, especially on the tech side, making sure those little odd and end, the guy that's in charge of the logistics, and we split our logistics up in two, right? We have uh, the, the technical logistics, like the computer updates, and ensuring that the equipment for um, our gas uh, analysis are is you know current, uh, charge batteries, O2 sensors are good, etc., Right. Um, See, he's also a CCR guy, so he's very, very detail-orientated, and um, that's good. Uh, The other part of the logistics is the actual physical, getting the boat, coordinating the boat, getting the gas, getting the mixes, etc. Our guy that I was just talking about that does um, all the tech side, he's also uh, an advanced gas blender, gas blending instructor. So he does a lot of our our blending as well. Of course, we all test our own individual gases and where they're present during blending. But, you know, he is in charge of guiding that. That's his section. All right. So you, you want to make sure, you know, that you, you, you know the gear because of the complexities of it. And even in nitrox, you know, you, you need to be testing your, your stuff too. So you need to know that gear. Um... You need configurations, standardized things, right? Placement, storage, all these are factors. All these are factors involved in gear. Now, I know when I go online and I look at like uh, divers supply, right? It's almost like the Cabela's or Bass Pro for scuba divers. And I want like everything, right? But the reality is when you're buying material... I want you to think about this, instead of collecting stuff that's just going to have dust, when you, like my DSMB and my real setup, I've had for a long time, and I, I like it, and it's not an expensive one, it, it, they're, they're, it's a cheaper, uh, ex- well no, not cheaper, excess is okay, but you know, uh, I do have a Halcyon that I use tech side. It's large DSMB, but I don't use that recreational. I've got a nice six foot DSMB that I use on a f- aluminum finger rail. A really cheap setup. Had it for a long time, so sometimes I start thinking, oh, "I want to replace this." But then I look at it with the the sense that whatever I'm going to buy is going to replace. Not something that I'm just going to add to my, my you know, collection of whatever. So if I bring something new in, in my mindset, it's to replace something that I'm removing. So if it's not broke, and if it doesn't need to be replaced, and if it's not something that needs to be, you know, uh, that's totally outdated, why bother? You know, it's something I'm familiar with. I know the ins and outs of it. I know how it's going to react. I know it's... You know, it's got a small lead strip in it, so I know what its uh, buoyancy issues are, deployment, everything else, right? It's one, one skill that I have mastered that I can do regularly, no if, ands, or buts. Just because something comes out that looks cool, like, you know, they got these new ones with little dolphins and, you know, uh, manatees and all these things. As cute as they may be or gimmicky as they may be, it's just not for me. And it's not what... I don't need that, and I like what I got, and I don't need the, the latest and greatest. You know, I save my money and use what I use, and I suggest, and I recommend that you do the same. You know, always stay in tune with what's coming out, because there are times where algorithms change in your computers, and it's time to upgrade, or... You know, new technologies come out and regulators, right? And it's time to upgrade. Things get worn out. We need to replace them. It's time to upgrade. But wait for that. Because, you know, just because there's a new BCD that comes out, jacket-style BCD that makes you look like Ricky Recon or, you know, like a whatever, Uh, you know, some contractor out of Afghanistan doing the the SEAL thing, that doesn't necessarily mean it's for you, man. Right? Simplicity. That's what I'm saying. Alright, we'll wrap this one up. So, I'm going to move from coffee to tea. Yeah. I got to admit, there's a lot of sediment in that one. But it was good. Robust. So, I'm going to go get me some tea for the next segment. And then we'll dial in and talk to our co-host. I hope, you guys are getting the point and enjoying it, and I do believe as we progress, things um, you know will get better. Some of these guys that will be moving in and out are some serious characters, and I'm sure you'll enjoy them. All right, guys, so I'm going to sign off this segment. Segment three is coming up, so stay tuned. I'm going to go on over here, right over there, right there. And get me some tea. Later. In a minute. Well, that didn't work. Didn't work at all. So, this segment was supposed to be our pool talk. Where we get people or other co-hosts to call in. But we're having serious technical difficulty. Part of the problem is our, uh, interconnect connection here where we're at in the Philippines. We're on Baswanga Island where it's grown. And soon we'll be over in Cebu City, which will have better infrastructure for this kind of stuff. In the meantime, we just got to deal with what it is and we're going to adjust off of it. And and we're going to conclude this with just a little bit of a, uh, uh, a talk about agencies. um, Yeah on the fly. Wow. All right, so we're gonna do the agency talk on this segment and we'll close the show out with this one I really apologize guys because the pool talk session. I think you guys will really like going forward Um, This is where Instructors what what the pool talk is that format is meant to be is during pool sessions instructors have a better conversation and tell the stories and everything like that during our closed confined water sessions. It has a tendency to be more of a talking and, and get to know each other kind of thing. That's really why uh, we, we entitled it. You know, we, we were thinking about things like, you know, debrief and stuff like that, but really in the grand scheme of things, that whole get to know each other period is always in confined water. Applications in the training. That's where you have those talks. That's why we call it pull, pull talk. And I really apologize, guys, that, that 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 didn't work out. But we'll conclude this up with a talk on agencies. I was going to get some tea, but the wife had brewed me some actual brewed coffee. In the Philippines, you get one of two things: you get some stellar coffee because they grow. A lot of good coffee here in the Philippines or you get crap yeah like Nescafe instant or great taste instant and you get used to it over time but then you learn to appreciate a good pour over or a French press or something like that as well and my wife did me a batch of pour over and put it in our Stanley coffee thermos so that I can lock myself away and the kids won't bother me as I do this last segment segment 3 episode 1 and for the inaugural it's just whew, It's been crazy all right hmm that's good so agencies this is one of those things and those those taboo topics right and you have to be careful when talking about this because to be honest professionally and as a professional we don't bash other agencies. And and let's be real. Let's let's first talk about the agency concept and the argument. Alright? And to be honest, all agencies are regulated by a universal set standard. It's a minimum set standard that's followed by all qualified certifying agencies. So really Ultimately, Ultimately, you're getting the, you're getting the same, same getting minimal, minimal instruction, instruction required instruction, from every agency, from that agency that you go to. to. Alright? All right. So, so, with that, with that mindset, 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 a lot of a people lot will, of sit, people there will and sit there and tell you, and tell that, you. It's that it's, so it's not so much so about the agency, but it's really, really the instructor. instructor. Okay? And that's true, because to a certain degree, you know, you know, shopping for shopping a quality for a instructor, instructor, for, your instructor your for your education is important it's because important you got to be able to connect with the instructor. Yeah. If you have personality yeah. conflicts, or, or the, individual the individual just has, has a bad, bad, attitude bad attitude, or you know, or, you know poor or delivery, or delivery, or you feel like you're getting the biggest bang for your, buck, bang for your buck, buck, right? Because I there's a lot of there's a lot of you know. Centers out centers there. out there. Points of, Points education. of education. That all they're yeah, about is you know they're is, trying to, you know, they're push, trying you to push you because it's all numbers, about numbers. Number right. Well, well well, like if you come right. well, like to any of any the, the instructors that are, are, are affiliated, affiliated, affiliated with, with, with me or me, around, or around, around, around you know, me. I you I mean I got a few friends that that have that they'll push that three day three day dive. Dive certification. So most of us, no, most all of us, are, us all are all five days. It's day, gonna, day. gonna take you about, four to five days, to five days to get a, dive, certification, certification. get a dive certification. Most of us, most of us, uh, uh, especially those that are those, or are going are to push push that, that standard, of the requirements, requirements performance, performance, and, and and skill set skill sets, of the standard, the standard, and that and that, I think, is where the argument is. All right. Alright, so so there's, there's agencies out there, out there, out there that spend that a lot of spend money a lot of money in marketing and marketing and produce and producing good good education tools. education tools. And in order for in order to that for them to get back, that money back, they're, they're they're more expensive, more expensive right, right, as well as, as well their, as their marketing their marketing. And uh, uh, it's, expensive. it's expensive. So in order to get so in so order, order to get you that, that money back, need need to need give, 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 give give to to dive center dive center instructor so can So that they can turn it over. Turn yeah. it over. Quit. Right. So it is. Right. So it is. It is a lot about uh, quantity over, quantity over, quantity quantity over quantity quality. Over you know. You know. You, you can't avoid, avoid that. Avoid part that. part of the conversation. And it's not. And it's not anyone. I'm not going to. There's There's actually. You know. maybe four big ones out there there that that do the same thing, thing, you know, you know, and and what they'll do is, hey, do do all your stuff before you get get there, 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 and and, in three days, days, you'll get your certification, which is plausible, but, but, you know, even yeah, if you, let's take, take ITDA it array, array. array, even if you do it in, in advance, still in you're still probably going to set minimum of four days with your instructor, with your instructor doing, doing it, because the skills, skills, and, skills and, like, ITDA, which is International, which is international Technical Divers Agency, and they cut their teeth on technical, but, you know, they're now under recreational. Their requir- dive requirements are higher than some of the other agencies. A few more dives in order to be certified uh, independent. Okay, they have a 10 dive minimum for you to dive outside of supervision. Um, open water. That's not including the confined. So, you know, the standard's a little bit different. But they also are moving, to, you know, they, they, they have... Um, Less specialties, I guess, is the best way to do it. Uh, that's the other part of the argument is, you know, the marketing and the money-making. Um,
1: to a certain degree,
0: some agencies have a lot of specialties, right? And they make their, their the money for the instructor, the dive centers, and for the agency through those specialties. However, some of those specialties are kind of... Being honest, ridiculous, right? Anything to do with buoyancy—that should be a fundamental foundation work, right? And it's and it's a, a foundation building block on every part. So from open water to advance to rescue, you're always doing a a build on your buoyancy, whether that's through you know exploring trim and and, and weight or new types of kicking or whatever right you're always constantly building on that so they're they're really like with itda and with with raid there's not really a buoyancy specialty because you should have good buoyancy when you come out of open water all right that's how we deal with that so you know right wrong or indifferent some agencies have a lot of specialties so that they can help um you know make make a living for people well you know that really kind of starts a lot of conversation and argument about you know the quality of an agency and what i'm going to do is i'm going to challenge you man that coffee's good i'm going to challenge you to think of it differently instead of arguing saying that agency is bad and that agency is good Look at the individual diver, and it's about needs. Just like if you go in to buy a beer, one person has tastes for a beer a certain way, while another person has a beer taste for a different type of beer because of different reasons, right? Or if you have a car, you know, people might want a sedan for the purpose of one thing versus a truck for the purpose of another there's options and you should look at the agency the same way if you're a recreational diver right and although all agencies now seem to have moved into the tech room we we have to admit that certain agencies are more technical diver orientated versus recreational and some are more recreational diver orientated versus technical and I really think that's something in a conversation that an individual diver should make on themselves. Um, there's some that are in the middle that are trying to do both, and they're you know you've got uh, some of the elite ones that are are teaching fundamentals down. And when I mean elite, I, I'm talking elitist, right? Uh, I for one am a big ISC fan, Inner Space Explorers, right? Um, I'm not so much of a GUE, that's because of the subculture of it, but when they first came out, I was in Florida, and I, I, I first really kind of was folk liking it, but then it got kind of weird, and it's whatever. But you, you need to understand that these guys have a, a well, I the, the owner and lead of ISC came from GUE, so there's some similarities. But... From the groundwork up to the most technical, they have the same core elements going up. And to be truthful, so does ITDA. ITDA runs along that same way. You know, those core concepts are built at the open water level and they build through. That way, look, even if you're an open water recreational diver, you are inherently safer and or safe-focused... Because of the risk assessments and everything. And RAID's also risk assessment heavy. And they do a lot of the groundwork as well. Some of these other organizations are more dependent on the professional to do risk assessments or or briefings or everything. And I think unilaterally within the industry, you know, everybody's become computer dependent, right? So, where are you going to pick it and what are you going to choose? So, shop it. Don't argue about it. Don't sit there and listen to somebody say, you know, put another dollar in it, or you know, that won't Nawi or whatever, it, it because that may be true to their own personal opinion, but maybe you're looking for something that has really good education products, videos, um, their print uh, manuals are good, you know, Nawi Patty. Um, they have very good educational products uh, for the beginner you know graphically appealing, easy to read then you know there's some that are just fundamentally a work framework and then they depend on the instructor to redevelop it to deliver it that gives the instructor a lot of ownership and they're allowed to integrate their experience and th- those are those are like ITDA or TDI, INDT, these agencies, they they have the framework for the education, but the instructor builds on that and makes it appealing and directly focuses it. So it it really depends upon the direction that you want to go. Don't get caught up in the argument, the agency argument. Yes, there is differences in the agency. And it's not about the standard because they all meet the minimum standards. It's all about the quality. It's all about you know uh, the marketing. You know those are the differences. Those are where it either appeals to you. You know, fact. Patty is the industry-leading agency out there, and why? Because they are very effective in marketing and bringing easily accessible education to the public. Right. I mean, now they've got e-learning. They can, you know, you pay most of your fees online, do your e-books, and then when you're ready to go, they you get get hooked up with an instructor, do your instruction, and do your confined water, open water, boom, bam, bam, you're done. Right? For some people, that's what they're looking for. They want it easy. That you know, they just want to be able to dive the reef. They want to get out to go to you know. Acapulco or, you know, Cancun or Philippines and and dive these epic reefs and experience it. And that's about the the extent of what they're going to do, right? Now, when you start moving into the technical, and here's some of my personal problems that I've had on the technical side and delivering education on... Um, the technical side is in the education, the, the tech industry moves a lot quicker. There's a lot more changes on technical diving that occur rapidly than there is on the recreational. So, when you have manuals that are published recreational, you're pretty set for the period of time and the cycles that you're going to cycle them out. Doesn't work on the tech side because You can get changes quarterly to annually in the tech on new technologies, new algorithms, new procedures, you know, a a new trend, whatever that's being implemented that needs to be brought into the conversation of educating tech students. Now these bigger agencies that are moving into tech, that's one of the issues they have because, you know, that cost money to produce materials and they want to sell those materials before they republish corrections or updates it makes sense it's good business that's what they do when you get smaller agencies now like raid is all online you you don't get a book from raid so everything is an ebook, which is cool because that means raid has the ability to update material right then and there right and once you get it, you have access to it for life. So the book that you read two years ago, e-book that you read two years ago, is far different than the one that you're gonna be reading today. And the one that you're reading today is the most current because you constantly have access to it. Brilliant, I, I think that's the fix. I think moving forward, that's gonna be the main fix for, um, especially on the tech side, keeping things current. Now, you know, like ITDA is both, right? You can access it e uh, ebook or e-learning, um, which is kind of cool because what you do is, in order to access it, you pay your agency fee, right? So, like, open water is like $39 US. So that's what you're going to pay for your agency fee, or that's, that's what it is here regionally. $39 US is here regionally. Uh, that's another thing about ITDA is it doesn't blanket because some markets have um, economic sensitivities so ITDA is kind of focused at you know regional economics in delivering its education because they're more focused in producing the highest standard instructors and divers than they are you know yeah of course they got to make money you got to do that to make a living but they're not greedy which is brilliant. So, they, you can go online and do your E class and get that done, and then you're going to take a final exam, just like in RAID, with your instructor, go over everything, right? And then you need to do your pull time, okay? Now, 70% is a pass. Anything you get wrong, or, or I'm sorry, ITDA, it's 80, okay? They require an 80% pass rate. But and then whatever you get wrong, you are going to uh, have to review. Now, there's differences, okay, in agencies and related to that. Now, there there's some gray areas with some agencies as far as what do you do if somebody fails multiple times, can't whatever, what it is in. Ra- raid is you will pass it, right? And an ITDA, you're going to pass it to the standard. And even if you, you you pay for your course, that doesn't guarantee your certification, right? It's not you're not buying a certification. You're paying for an education, not the certification. And you're going to learn it. You're going to learn it to standard. Even if you pass the test, if you can't perform the standards and the time set that you guys agree to, the instructor can limit your or restrict your certification. So if you do a full open water class, but you can't perform all the skills, and he doesn't feel comfortable you going to you going to the full 20 meters, he can restrict you to 20 meters to where you once you uh, you know get to dive 15 you can it'll be lifted. So, you know, 10 meters with supervision till dive 15, then you have a regular certification. That's one of the cool things about you know, the the student instructor relationship in ITDA. It's more of a development type relationship. So, when we we talk about the agencies, no, yes. There is a difference. Okay? Not all of them are, you know, feel good and whatever. Some of them are business. You know, it's, it's, hey, you're here to learn to dive, right? And uh, they have a higher requirement for instructors and uh, dive professionals. Um, Another difference, like in Raid, Paddy, NAWI, it's called a dive master, right? And in. ITDA there's a dive leader and there's three types of dive leaders and each one is a level Um, there's a guide right somebody who's professional capable to provide a guide service and that's a level one right there's a level two which is a guide and an instructor assistant instructor capacity somebody who's been given uh, more training to become a legitimate assistant instructor in when the instructor needs an assistant for training purposes relative to doing skills etc and then there's a level 3 which is they actually can teach the first level of any specialty that they're a master at or level 3 at so if they are a um, search and recovery level 3 a dive leader in ITDA can teach level 1 search and recovery to certified instructors and one of the reasons why I actually like this is now at the dive leader they're learning to deliver and be an instructor so they're already honing those skills before they go to their ITP or instructor training program and become a full-blown instructor and at the levels and the requirements at a lot of these specialties we don't have a lot of specialties in ITDA okay we have workshops like we don't have a photography specialty we have workshops that we deliver right but our specialties hang around search and recovery navigation nitrox um deep you know the big ones the other stuff like buoyancy or you know drift diving those are skill sets that are developed through the education process right experience brings that guided experience brings that you don't need to pay for that you're already paying for that in dives so we don't need your money on that we need you to be available and open to instructing when we're giving you your open water or your advance see the advance is different too you know like in some agencies most agencies the um, advanced open water is just another certification, which is kind of ridiculous. It's kind of uh, in in some agencies, it's ridiculous. All it is is another stepping stone. They, there, there's you can't sit there with temp somebody with ten dives and say, oh, you're now an advanced diver because you've done a single whatever, uh, single of these skill sets. No, like in when you look at the uh, in like programs in RAID or programs in ITDA or INTT. I A I A N T D um Well even SDI, right? They have deliverables, so it's like a progression, right? You gotta have these certain specialties, you've got to have this many dives. So it's almost like the master diver course in, in PADI where you gotta have so many dives, so many um, certifications or so much parameter experience in order to meet that objective, right, where it, it, it's tangible versus something ridiculous like, you know, 10 dives and one, and, and you know, taking the first dive of, of five different specialties, that doesn't make you an advanced diver. That just, that's like an, a, a, an experience, a dive experience, right? So that might be another thing that you want to look at when you're looking at these agencies is is actually the core curriculum of some of this stuff and, and the standards that they require relative to those certifications. You know, I, I don't, you know, again, it's to each their own. You know, as a DI professional, you know, I my job is to guide people through making choices that they're comfortable with. And if it's not an agency that I'm certifying with, that's fine. But me if you're in open water and this is for the professionals out there, if we're dealing if we're especially in social media, when we're online and we're bashing these agencies, right, some of these newer open water divers come in and they really grasp and they enjoy their experience and they're bought into the system. And then when they hear other Uh, Instructors that they may look up to Bashing the agency that they went into What are we doing? We're kind of Self-destructing we're destroying our own You know demographic Making it where people have a bad image of You know the elitism that is within the instructor community. I mean I got friends that are hardcore Patty, right, friends that are hardcore SDI, friends that are hardcore SSI, but you know, to tell you the truth, when we sit down, it's the same stories, it's the same standards, it's the same, you know, it's, it's ridiculous to fight about it. It's actually ridiculous to sit there and bash people about it. It's almost, I don't know, it's almost, you know i don't know it it, it, it's just not very professional at all not that i'm the epitome of a professional it's almost racist darn it racist i tell you so i i challenge you guys when we're talking about the agencies to just do your research man right you you're gonna shop for a car so and you definitely should be shopping for dive centers not just the agency, but man, you want to go look at the equipment and talk to the people because they could come from a uh, what you perceive as a stellar agency, but you walk into the shop and there's roaches coming out of the mouthpieces of the, the regulators, there could be a little bit of a problem there. So, you know, especially in today's day and age re- related to COVID-19 and some of the safety precautions that we need to do, shop. Right. And that's another thing. A lot of these agencies look at some of their 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 policies related to communicable disease transmission and cleanliness and those standards as well. Not just the standard in diving. What do they require a dive center to do in order to protect you against the transmission of COVID? That's another one. You know, shop around and look at it. Don't fight. Peace. Wear some tie dye. Have a beer relax all right guys i'm gonna wrap this one up talk enough uh publish it put it up hope you guys enjoyed and got something from it i look forward to the next one i promise that we will have things uh set up correctly to do a pool talk the next one uh the next episode we've already got the plan laid out as far as topics uh we're gonna do a topic on situational awareness and we will have Chris who is also a fellow veteran him and I will be chatting with you guys related to what it, why situational awareness is so important in diving well we this agency talk was going to be on that one but we'll also have some talk relative to training specifically uh, dive, uh, open water dive training for the beginners, people who are interested in becoming divers, give you some tips on what to expect and what to look for and then we'll do a pool talk and those will be our three segments alright, until next time stay wet peace